Good morning, planet Earth. It is Thursday, July the 6th, I believe, right? 6th of July, Thursday. 2023 Bo Blimp Dock, and it's right around 4.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in Scompton, Utah. I don't know what time it is where you are. It could be future time. It could be past time. You could be a time traveler. You could be a fractor. You could be cursed with knowing that you will destroy everything, yet you will not die. You will erase the future, but you will not die. You'll kill off your family and your grandpa and your grandma, but you'll have the curse to, to know it all. As others get confused about the Mandela effect, you'll know that you were the mind fucker. Time traveler. Yeah. Good morning. A man, a man, a man, a male kind of human man, is a gondo lord. He carries his scent with pride. He rides high on the gasoline travelers and herds his women folk using dogs on a chain. A man is a festive king with lightning eyes and hard scaly fists. He does not care what the Huncton folk think. He's a man. A man hurries through the tunnels of his broken mind, looking for fragments of happy day peace, somewhere near the perimeter of his foggy Sunday memories. Like when he used to go fishing with his pa, or he used to dream of going fishing with his pa, because his pa was always at work. A man carries a baseball bat and walks tall through the underbrush. He seeks after americium cocktails and canceled hooker princesses looking for action near Grinkentown. He endures the winter only to find himself running from apes. A man takes his time making love to whatever woman he finds. He caresses the woman's boobula gently as he massages her dringian zone. He smokes cigarettes and drinks whiskey and rides his lover like some mad space cowboy. Wildly shaking his fist, at the unloving gods. His tickler fancy is without compare, and those who target the weakness of his heart will feel the cold steel of his sword's embrace. He's a man, and he's crazy. He'll walk 700 miles to seek revenge and soothe his intemperate heart. And afterwards, he finds his holdfast somewhere deep in the mountains of Droom. Sure, 
he gets tired and afraid, but he won't show it. He'd rather just do more crack and get over the pain. That's a man, too. A man is a midnight pilot taking his plane to the North Pole. He skips the training and just jumps in, tearing up bushings and pistons and gears and watching his co-pilot fret. But he's not afraid. A man is cursed to feel iron pain and the fury of guilt and eternal shame. He's real. A man can't be stopped by flamethrowers or bouncing Betty Mines. A real man doesn't use soap. Fuck that soap. Fuck your products. That's not what men do. Threaten a real man saying, we won't cut your hair or sell you products or decorate your apartment. And a real man says, I was worried you were my black market hookup for 9mm submachine guns and grenades and hellfire missiles. What a relief is how a man thinks. A man will fight against any odds. He'll load up his pack with C4 and ammo and gasoline and dynamite and rocks. He'll come at you, wailing and screaming, hooping and hollering, just to see you go mad from angst and soul desolation. He brings his A-game all the time, ready to fight hand-to-hand -hand against any Brazilian grappler or Korean street fighter, or Thai kickboxer. They all want to beat him, but they can't. His eyes burn, and his body aches, and his bones are hard, and his fingernails grow long. That's a man also. A man is lost without some purpose, and crumbles in chains. He is dead behind walls in sorrow, he must be free. That's a man. That's right, people. That's right. First topic. I'm going to read an article from Fortune magazine. I'm not going to enjoy reading it because I think it's direct, but I'm going to anyways. Headline, Larry Fink says crypto is digitizing gold and that BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF could help make the sector more democratized. This was written by Marco Quiroz Guterres on July the 1st, 2023. <laughs> oh, great, I just hit a paywall. You know what? I've got to find another article because you know what? Fuck. God damn, I hate these stupid-ass Every All these journalists deserve to be paid. I'm going to go to... I'm not going to go to Bitcoin Magazine. Fuck it. I'll go to Bloomberg and see if they have a paywall. Uh, 
do they? Yeah, they, no, do they? Let's see. No, no, they don't. Okay, so the article I'm actually going to read, the headline, and before I read it, this is from Bloomberg, the headline is, BlackRock wants to make it cheaper to trade Bitcoin, Larry Fink says. And this is written by Scylla Brush and Yuigi Yang on July the 5th. That's, that's yesterday, July the 5th, 2023. And I read on. BlackRock Incorporated Chief Executive Officer Larry Fink called Bitcoin an international asset and said the money manager wants to use its heft to make it less expensive and easier to invest in the cryptocurrency. It costs a lot of money right now to transact Bitcoin. <laughs> well, that's a true statement. Fink said yesterday in an interview on Fox Business, we hope our regulators look at these filings as a way to democratize crypto. The money management giant filed paperwork last month to set up an exchange-traded fund that invests directly in Bitcoin, which prompted a flurry of similar applications from rival issuers and a rally in Bitcoin's price to more than $30,000. <laughs> You're still not at your all-time high, shithead. Bitcoin rose more than 12% in June and is up more than 80% year-to-date. Wow, you guys are measuring shit the way the climate freaks do. NASDAQ recently refiled BlackRock's application, adding details about the proposal to indicate that Coinbase Global yeah, will provide market surveillance for the new product. Wow. BlackRock wants to hear from U.S. regulators, such as Securities Exchange Commission, Fink said. We look at this as an opportunity, Fink said. We, we work really closely with our regulators. Bitcoin can represent an alternative international asset akin to digitizing gold, Fink said. Initially, he said he was skeptical because it was heavily used for, let's say, illicit activities. Bullshit. It's probably one of the worst things. I'm going to, that's the whole article, and I'm glad because I just didn't want to read any more of that bullshit. I'm going to copy this link uh, and put it, you know, yeah, back in here, back in the fucking, the notes. Fuck. The blockchain, if you don't know this, is what's referred to as a forever ledger which means that transactions on it stay there and they never go away. In fact, if they did go away, Bitcoin wouldn't work. Understand, Bitcoin will not work unless your public key, again, oh, but Dan, your public keys, no, your public key is a unique ID. And as someone who's worked in data mining, I can tell you that public key is, is enough. You give me a unique key, you give me a transaction amount, which is on the chain, and you give me an IP address, a shopping card hook, a credit card, or any of the other know-your-customer bullshit that any hacker can get a hold of. And guess what? I have your entire transaction set. Public, explicit, not private. So for all the crap, that all the insiders say, oh, Bitcoin's, Bitcoin's not private. It wouldn't even be able to work if it was. Understand that. 
There is no way the blockchain could function if it was truly private. This is something none of the crypto assholes want to talk about. So let's just remove this while it's being used for illicit activities. What kind of a moron criminal? Well, you know what? I should think about that too. Because a lot of stupid people actually record their crimes on their smartphones. And let me tell you something. This is free advice, dumbass. If you're going to go commit a crime, leave your fucking smart device at home. I don't give a shit what you got running on it. Leave it in your microwave. Don't take it with you. It's a dog collar. If you take your smart device, which is ironically named, with you on some sort of criminal activity, then you, you deserve whatever you get. But essentially, using Bitcoin to transact illicitly is a lot like, yeah, recording your crimes with your smart device and posting them to Facebook. That is what it is. Okay, so let's just get that out of the way. If you are a criminal and you're using crypto, you need to stop because your situation will only get worse. At this point in time, government entities, corporate entities know everything they need to know. Okay? As far as Larry Fink goes, I don't consider him a trustworthy figure. So the fact that crypto people kind of jumped on top of this thing like it was some type of fucking endorsement is telling. Very telling. It's almost like a boom moment. It's one of those situations where you say to yourself, are the crypto freaks so desperate that they have to look for any type of scumbag with association to the, I don't know, the World Economic Forum? You know the Klaus Schwab thing? The vaccine thing? The COVID-19 mindfuckery? Larry Fink's associated with that. So if you're going to create a transitive closure between your crypto and BlackRock, understand that's a closure towards Klaus Schwab. Well, but Dan, it doesn't matter because they used to be... No, they didn't used to be. They're still giant evil shitheads. The fact that they're endorsing your digital Furby in no way represents any real change. That's how I feel about this. The article, the, the BlackRock bullshit, Larry Fink... If you want to treat this like at some type of moment where Bitcoin's breaking out, you can. I would contend the opposite. When, when people at BlackRock and JP Morgan, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, when folks in high-level positions start talking up Bitcoin, understand it's over. It's completely over. This is just a lot of garbage. It's manipulative. It definitely is financialization and it's garbage. If you want to waste the precious time you have right now participating with Bitcoin, if you want to take what little resource, resources you might have and invest in crypto, that's up to you. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be homeless in about seven weeks. So ask me how much I give a fuck what you spend your money on. I don't. Me, food, water, shelter. And if I had extra, I'd probably buy a house. But that's where I'm at. Oh, but Dan, that's just because you're a shitty scumbag. Let me tell you something, fucker. A day's coming where you're going to be surrounded by a lot of people who don't have much. It won't be 10. It won't be 20. If you live in a city, it'll be closer to 1,000. For every one person that has food in their basement in a city, there'll be 1,000 people that don't have any fucking food at all. If you think you're going to sit pretty... Mining Bitcoin, once shit starts falling apart, you're, you're batshit crazy. That's as much as I want to say about this stupid fucking article.
But good luck, though, right? Good luck. If you want to go down this road, good luck to you. That's what I say. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If you think you're winning, you're losing. If you think you're winning, you're not. If you think you're winning, you're really a loser. If you think you're winning, you're really a rube. If you think you're winning, you're the last fool. You're the bag holder if you think you're winning. And it's funny, I put this quote together yesterday before I read the stuff about Larry Fink. It feels like these two things connect. <sighs> Military psychological warfare works in different ways. It does. There's many techniques you can apply. But the principal goals of military psychological warfare is to control the mind of your enemy, to, manip to manipulate them. And in a lot of ways, bullshit like this, whether it's, you know, Jamie Dimon dissing Bitcoin or Larry Fink saying it might be okay. And keep in mind, Larry Fink was dissing Bitcoin a few years ago. So if you don't have any type of memory, or if you have the memory of, let's say, a squirrel, then maybe you have no understanding what the fuck is going on. They would love you to think you're winning. If you look around the world right now, probably since, let's say, early 2022, you see a lot of folks who say, well, it's all over, Dan, and the good guys won, and everything's going to work out. And I think that might be true, and I say might in the sense that I think there's a 1 in 10 million chance that that's true, okay? But what I think we're in is the brief intermission, and what they would love you to think is you're winning. In fact, towards the end, and I have a podcast back in 2020 where I said this, actually before the COVID monkey herpes hit, January 2020, where I pointed out that towards the end, they're going to make you seem like you're a winner. They're going to make it seem like the good guys are winning. You're going to see all kinds of examples of these heroic acts and we're winning. And I'm telling you something. At that moment, if you want to protect yourself and your family, you need to understand you're losing. But Dan, that's not right. Now you're gas... No, I'm not gaslighting you. No. Neither, neither is Dr. Freckles. He's telling you like it is. A lot of you think you're winning right now. And you think that's because of some random personal reason. You're, you're a really hard worker. You've been flipping houses for years, and this is why you're about to close escrow on a $3 million bungalow in San Francisco, a cracked foundation, 400 square feet, you know, and, and you think you're a fucking winner. And now you're going to buy another house in San Francisco a little further away from the entropy because you're pretty certain that this type of I don't know, failure in the system is linear, but it's not. It's not linear. It's not going to be gradual. You're not going to get a fucking warning. If you want to waste what little fucking time you have left, then go ahead and let Larry Fink gaslight you. Go ahead and believe that this means something important to your life. It doesn't. 
Next topic. You think you're winning, you're losing, shithead. That's what I would tell you. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. The Fukushima nuclear disaster is a ripped-off version of the movie Jaws. <laughs> Dr. Freckles. I say this because in a lot of ways, Fukushima, the entire story, the drama, going back to 2011, reminds me, in a big way, of the encapsulated story of the movie Jaws. You know, I, I think that the characters like Chief Brody would really be composites, but the fact is, you've had this kind of like the mayor of Shark City bullshit for the last decade plus. This idea, everything's okay, ignore the blood in the water, let's take all the radioactive waste and dilute it, and then we'll just dump it into the fucking Pacific. Yeah. And there are very few people, but there are people who raise caution, raise alarm. Maybe it's not a good idea to dump highly radioactive waste into the Pacific. There are people saying that. And in that sense, they're a lot like, you know, what? Dreyfus's scientific character, the little scientist who studies sharks. This wasn't a shark attack. Excuse me. This wasn't a boat accident. <laughs> this wasn't a boat accident. Um... I loved that movie growing up. I think I loved that movie growing up as a kid because I was like five years old when it came out. I loved that movie because it had a, a morality tale built into it that is significant. And if you're a libertarian or anarchist, I think you'd respect the narrative. I mean, one of these things about the movie Jaws is this idea that these public figures don't give a fuck about you. Once again, we could go back to Larry Fink. These public figures, these corporate CEOs, these senators, these presidents, all these fuckers around the world don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, they'll give little speeches making it seem like they care, but they don't. What they care about, you might never know. You could claim, well, Dan, it's simple. They care about the bottom line. I see no useful bottom line in polluting the Pacific Ocean. I see no useful bottom line in killing off billions of crabs in the Gulf of Alaska Basin. No bottom line that's useful there. The only person I think that keeps a ledger of shit related to Fukushima that treats it like black and not red is a guy by the name of Satan. So yeah, Satan loves Larry Fink. Satan loves BlackRock. Satan loves Bitcoin, shithead. And Satan loves Fukushima. And if someone says you got to stop doing it, Satan, like the mayor of Shark City, will say, fuck you, it's almost Labor Day. Yeah. Telling you, folks... If you think you're winning right now, if you think you're a winner because of what you read in the newspaper, and understand, if you're out there trying to grow your own food outside of the corporate food system, if you're out there trying to look towards holistic and natural cures for things versus going to your big pharma doctor, if you're out there trying to keep a low profile while at the same time trying to participate in counter-economics, you are a fucking winner. I, I support you. If you're out there printing up guns, god damn it, you're a winner. But if you're out there mining Bitcoin with computers that are certified by the government, you're a fucking shithead. 
I don't care that you do it. That's your time to waste. There, I don't know how much time is left. They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you. The PSYOPs are kind of like timeouts. I figure the five-year window started in late 2019 or early 2020. But we're definitely in year four. And there's not going to be a year six, if I'm right. Not, not in the way that you expect it. Dan, that's Doomer. No, 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 no. No, it's not Doomer. It's not the end of the world. A lot of people's worlds end every fucking day, but guess what? It's not the end of the world. But the current reality that a lot of you folks think is going to spin on and last forever, it's functionally extinct. It doesn't know it's dead yet. Okay? It's a dinosaur with a nerve impulse going from the leg to the head that takes 10 minutes. That's, that's the reality of your situation. You don't know it yet, but your reality is dead. The, the voting, the caring about Trump and Biden as if, the mining crypto, the flipping of houses, all the bankster financial bullshit, all of this is dead. All of it. You think you're winning, but you're really losing, shithead. Next topic. So here's an article from the New York Post, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to read it, and then I'll tell you why I read it. Headline, flesh-rotting zombie drug, Trank, takes over. Addicts reeling as most street narcotics now feature a sedative that sparks psychosis. This was written on the 4th of July by Jack Morfitt and Steve Janoski. Melanie Cox's mammoth sore had gotten worse, much worse. It started as a hot, puffy spot between her thumb and index finger, where she'd been injecting heroin for nearly two decades. But soon the lesion bloated. Yes, soon the lesion bloated into a grotesque brownish-green slug. Nice imagery. It wasn't the heroin that had rotted Cox's flesh away. It was the animal sedative known as Trank, which has infected every facet of the drug game and left healthcare workers bewildered, <laughs> dancing nurses, and addicts reeling from its shocking side effects. You could put my hand to your lips and feel the heat emanating, the 51-year-old mother of three told the Post last week in Ashbury Park, Ashbury Park, as she dabbed at the, gauzy at the gauzy wound. It was eating my hand away under the skin. More and more similarly sickening stories are being reported across the country as xylazine, more commonly known by its street name Trank, slithers its way into bags of heroin, cocaine and meth to strike an unsuspecting to strike unsuspecting users who don't know that they're snorting shooting and smoking consciousness erasing flesh rotting drugs a cheap cutting agent xylazine has also worked its way into oft abused pills like Xanax and other sedatives and painkillers 
meaning that users who think they're doing one drug are probably doing Trank also, whether they want to or not. <laughs> Sounds like the fucking COVID vaccine. The so-called zombie drugs on Omnipresent shocked the staff at the Visiting Nurse Association Health Group in Ashbury Park, the first outfit in New Jersey to get Trank test strips about three months ago. Every single client shows Trank in their urine. Case manager Chad Harlan told the Post, if they're using drugs, they're using Trank. Well, I'm glad I, I use marijuana. The flesh-eating lesions aren't the worst part. Deaths linked to Trank have spiked in recent years. In 2021, the rate of drug overdose deaths involving xylazine was 35 times higher than it was just three years earlier, according to a June report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, <laughs> the Gaslighting Corporation. Only about 102 people died after a Trank-related overdose in 2018, the CDC said. That number rose to 627 in 2019, and by 2021, it had reached 3,468, according to the report. Trank was more frequently combined with fentanyl to create an epically deadly combination that the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration said puts users at a higher risk of suffering a fatal drug poisoning. The drug can cause severe sedation, low blood pressure, and, it, and is also in and of itself addictive, according to Dr. Ian Whitman, Chief of Services for Emergency Department at NYU Langone Hospital, Brooklyn. It hit users like a pipe to the head, leaving them in a state of lumbering semi-consciousness. Their odd contortions, combined with Trank's tendency to rot the skin, have led many to call it the zombie drug. Trank holds other hidden dangers, too. It's not an opioid so it doesn't respond to, to naloxone, the overdose reversal drug commonly known by its name Narcan. That means if someone overdoses, friends and family can't revive them, said Lee McCulley, a harm reductionist who also works with the Nurse Association in Ashbury. In Asbury. Trank can also cause psychosis, a state a stark departure, excuse me, a stark departure from drugs like heroin or fentanyl that can exacerbate existing mental illnesses but won't cause it on their own, McCulley said. They're dropping like flies and losing their minds, McCulley recently told the Post. They think they have GPS in their bodies. They have voices in their heads. They think there are cameras everywhere, she continued. More than one person has told us they were going to jump in front of a car or a train because they thought they were being followed or were going to be killed by the FBI or the CIA. Well, that never happens. Caitlin Fiumanero, a 35-year-old certified nursing assistant, knows all too well how Trank twists reality for those who indulge in it. The mother of two has been addicted to crack cocaine for nearly two years and often smokes Trank as a consequence. Kate, yeah. It's very hard, almost impossible to get to get crack without Trank, she told the Post. That's very disappointing. Two months ago, she fell into a stupor after smoking Trank in Asbury Park. She woke up in a New York City hospital bed. I was walking around like a zombie, Fiumanero said. I got 
on the wrong bus. I have no idea how I got there, but I ended up in New York City without any shoes on, without any shoes, and yelling, where is my husband? I don't remember taking my shoes off. I was just running, running, running. Eventually, a cop brought her to a hospital where she was diagnosed with drug-induced psychosis. It doesn't make you feel good, she said. I definitely don't want Trank, but I'm a crack addict, so I need to use. Whitman, the NYU doctor, admitted that public health officials aren't quite sure how to deal with the emerging epidemic. The public health and emergency medicine communities are still learning how to best how best to address this new threat, Whitman said in an email. But as they struggle, Trank continues to infiltrate the drug market and fatalities crime, climb. That was a Freudian slip. Fatalities climb, fatalities crime. Philadelphia is the acknowledged epicenter of the crisis, good old Philly, with the city reporting that more than 90% of dope samples tested in 2021 had xylazine in them. Recent footage of the city's Kensington neighborhood and its rows of passed out, slumped over zombies shocked the public. Users frequently become targets for robbers when they get knocked into a zombie-like state by the drug. That's what happened to Benjamin Cardia, a 39-year-old man who said he was robbed of everything he owns, including his mother's ashes. What the fuck do you do with somebody's ashes? I don't know. During a recent trank-induced stupor. This shit has taken everything from me. I have ruined my life, said Cardia, who relapsed a few weeks ago after spending a year clean and already has gotten sores between his fingers. I lost everything, man, a rueful Cardia told the Post. I lost my mother's ashes, dude. My mother's ashes. At home, in the Big Apple, Trank was at least partially responsible for about 10 to 20 percent of the city's 2,688 overdose deaths in 2021, according to a report from the city's Special Narcotics Prosecutor's Office. The Bronx has been particularly hard hit by the evil cocktail. More residents of the city's northernmost borough died in 2022 from Trank-related overdoses than anywhere else in New York, the report said. We're certainly seeing a lot more of it, Bridget Brennan, the city's special narcotics prosecutor, told the Post in an interview. Other places are suffering just as dearly. Trank has flooded Florida's Orange County and caused 150 overdoses and nine fatalities in the last 18 months, officials there said last month. And it's reached as far as California popping up in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Santa Clara, San Joaquin counties, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. Wow. The rising death toll prompted the White House to designate the fentanyl xylazine blend an emerging threat, which means the federal government will be required to come up with a comprehensive strategy to deal with it, the report said. <laughs> Random white powder in the White House. Although 2022's overdose numbers aren't out yet, 
Brennan said, I think there's a reason for that, and it's not Trank. Brennan said New York City officials are expecting a record number of overdose deaths, maybe as much as 10% more than pre the previous year. I think it's going to be worse. Drug dealers' habit of mixing Trank with fentanyl has likely had a hand in that, she said. I, don't, I, I do think xylazine is a factor in the deaths, Brennan said. Mixing xylazine and fentanyl is extremely dangerous because they both have a sedating effect, so you're getting a double whammy. Brennan wants state and federal lawmakers to get a handle on Trank. <laughs> They're probably supplying it, shithead, which isn't considered a controlled dangerous substance, <laughs> CIA, through usage and distribution restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Mena, Arkansas. <laughs> Until then, people need to realize how dangerous the drug supply is right now, no matter which illicit product they're using. It would be a mistake to think that somehow they have control over what they're receiving, Brennan said. It's very risky, and they need to protect themselves. It could be a deadly mistake. And by the way, I've read articles in the past about Crocodile, just as I've read articles going back 10 years uh, to previous podcasts and blog postings that have been deleted and destroyed about Chinese murder hornets and other types of random bad penny stories that pop up to shock people. But that's not going to be the focus of this one. I don't think there's a lot of time left before the big it reveals itself. And I don't know what the big it is, what the big thing is. I think something ugly slouches this way. But until it arrives, the powers that be have to keep people under control. What is killing people since 2020 is military psychological warfare. What is killing people are the fucking lies. Yeah, 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 we've always had drug addicts. But there's a fairly good chance that the bullshit of 2020 created a bunch more. And there's a real good chance that the bullshit of 2020 pushed a lot of people over the fucking edge. A lot of people towards drug addiction. And a lot of people towards drug overdose and suicide. You see, this story makes it look like, well, if we could just control the trank, then everything will be okay. No, you could take away the trank. You could take away the guns. You could take away all that shit. But you better shut down the bridges and the buildings. Because what our government did to the American people in 2020 pushed people to want to kill themselves in very large numbers. Yeah, I lived in Little Saigon, Seattle. I lived amongst all kinds of illegal Chinese workers, you know, in essentially uh, resident housing for transients uh, with shared kitchens. And I saw no indication of the bullshit COVID, but I saw a ton of fucking social decay. In between seeing all kinds of new buildings being put up, videos on my blog. Yeah. People's lives were destroyed. People's marriages were destroyed. Relationships went down the drain. Businesses were vaporized. People that were doing okay in 2019 went all the way to the red in 2020. When you read an article like this, you, it would make you think that Trank or Chinese murder hornets or Vladimir Putin or the Chinese government is to blame. But the reality is your government did this to you. And as far as illegal drugs go, fuck off. Illegal drugs don't get into this country without the Central Intelligence Agency getting a little bit of the action, getting their 10%, as some people say. So if they really wanted to stop it, they probably could. But they don't.
What they need is an excuse to cover up suicides. What they need is something else. They don't want people asking the right questions. Lucky for them, there ain't a lot of fucking time left. Lucky for them, I think we're so close to the big it that people can read this fucking article and go into their absurd little fantasy kingdom in their head and think about flipping their house and buying Bitcoin and knowing they're a winner. 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 You know, like Kirk Douglas in that video from the 90s where he plays Satan. Garden of Allah. Winner, winner, winner. 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 Chicken dinner. I don't do train, Dan. I'm okay. You are okay, shithead. You've got about a week's worth of food in your in your apartment, you live in a city. You're doing great, motherfucker. You've got all your money in Bitcoin in that house you're fixing up, the one you bought for 200K, but you're gonna sell it for a million. But you do, you bitch and moan about the homeless people and you can't actually think straight. You're on a drug, but it ain't fucking trank. You're on a drug, but it's not crocodile. It's not crack. It's not heroin. You're on a fucking drug, but it's a drug your own brain is producing. You are in a delusional state. And you're not a winner. Neither am I. We're not winning right now. Okay? If you ask me, the strategic military psychological warfare has been a success. I don't like to give Satan compliments. I don't like to give compliments to all these ugly shitheads, but in terms of the mindfuckery, it's been a success. Is it likely to work more than a few years? No. That's why I think the five-year window thing is solid. None of this bullshit was ever intended to last more than five years. Not the reset bullshit, not the COVID monkey herpes bullshit, not the Putin-Ukraine bullshit. None of the drag queen story time trank stories were ever supposed to scare people for more than five fucking years. And then the question is, what happens in year six, Dan? Well, I think you're going to find out. Maybe. If you make it and you don't get trank. Next topic. I'm a winner, Dan. I'm a winner. You are a winner. You are a winner. Chicken dinner. in the Garden of Allah. So, I'm not going to read this article, but you may have heard in the last couple days that some suspicious white powder was found in the White House. And before I continue, let's just clarify some fucking facts. Your government, not mine, fuck them, but yours if you're a voter, your government is more than $30 trillion in debt. According to many studies, your Department of Defense has lost track of up to $20 trillion. Okay? Since 9-11, our government has spent trillions on security and control and cameras and cops and armies. Trillions. And so, if somebody says something like, well, Dan, this wasn't Biden's cocaine, this wasn't Hunter Biden, some random person left it at the White House. You should meditate on that shit, motherfucker. If you think this being Biden's cocaine is a worse story, you're a fucking moron. If what they're saying is, after all those trillions, any random shithead can drop off a baggie of white powder, what the fuck else can they drop off? 
Can they drop off a bunch of traffic kids, a bunch of kids from the border that are going to be abused by the Bidens? Can they drop off a random person to be tortured that they want to torture? Can they kill somebody there and dump their body there? If you're really proud of the fact that you think this is a good argument, you are dumb. It, is, it would be better if the president or Hunter Biden came out and said, those are our drugs. Because if in fact any random shithead can drop off a baggie of white powder at the White House, then that tells me that all those trillions we spent, yeah, that was toilet paper money. It also tells me why they're using military psychological warfare once again. It tells me why they're using an inherently weak tactic at a strategic level. Because they don't have the juice. You know when I really got in trouble on Twitter and YouTube and other venues back in 2021? When I started calling Biden, uh, President Biden, the mayor of Washington, D.C., tipping my hat to all those that used to call the guy that ran Afghanistan, you know, the mayor of Kabul. Yeah, Biden's the mayor of Washington, D.C. Yeah, they got fear. They got 87,000 IRS troops. They got all kinds of, we're going to steal your guns bullshit. They got tubs and tubs and tubs of fear. But there's nothing there. There's trank bullshit. There's other types of sideways gender warfare bullshit. There's all kinds of race war bullshit. There's divide and conquer trauma everywhere. But folks, if they actually had to use military force to take your guns, to make you pay your taxes, the game would be over. The reason why they're using PSYOPs is not because they're strong, okay? The, the people of Richmond during the Civil War who would paint a log black and put it up on the barricades, they weren't doing that because they were strong. They were doing it because they didn't have any fucking cannon. So believe what you want to believe. If you think, if you believe that these were the president's drugs, that's bad. But again, it's not the worst thing you're going to confront. And as I said in January 2020, towards the end, they're going to toss the truth at you. They're going to toss the truth at you. They're going to reveal things that are probably true. And these are going to be traumatic things and painful things. And there will be no resolution. When they're doing that, you should know it's not decades. It's not years. It's months. Because you can't do a strategy like that. Not really more than a few months. Eventually, the center will not hold. So let's say these were Hunter Biden's drugs or the president's drugs or maybe even Dr. Jill Biden's cocaine or Trank. If it was, so what? I don't expect better of these people. Are you silly? Do you believe that Bitcoin is private? Do you think these politicians are mostly good people? Do you think the cops give a fuck about you? I mean, you might have a bunch of delusions and fantasies and all kinds of weird, crooked ideas floating around your brain case. But I'd, I wouldn't expect anything different. In fact, there is zero shocking to me about cocaine in the White House. Let me say that once again. Going back to the 19th century, 
going back more than a hundred years, there's probably been cocaine in the White House. Back when Coca-Cola formulated itself with cocaine instead of caffeine, goddamn, can't they bring that back without the trank? Back then, I'm sure there were lots of motherfuckers toasting with Teddy Roosevelt to a nice, cool Coca-Cola. So there's been cocaine in some form, liquid or otherwise, in the White House since the 19th century. If you're shocked by the idea that there could be cocaine in the White House, then you probably couldn't possibly believe that the CIA would manage the flow of cocaine through Mena, Arkansas, with Governor Clinton's approval back in the 1980s. Damn, that could never happen. Never, never, never. They wouldn't torture orphans in Denmark. They wouldn't erase the minds of housewives in Canada. The CIA cares about you. Fuck you. You don't know them. I've had limited interaction with the Central Intelligence Agency, and what I can tell you is the following, and this is true of intelligence services worldwide. If you come across a spook, and that's not a racist term, that refers to spies and clandestine operations. If you come across a spook that you think is a good person, chances are they're a fucking drunk. The only intelligence officers I met in the military that seemed like they had a soul were also big-time fucking drunks. Their marriages destroyed, no good relationships. They could hang out with Lieutenant Dan at the O Club, and that was the high point of their fucking day. I had an, an intel officer tell me that once. Back when I was in my 20s, I thought he was full of shit. I thought he was fucking with me. Now, looking back, that might have been true. The high point of his fucking day was probably talking to a 20-something lonely nerd officer because the rest of his fucking life was shit. So whatever the version of this story is that you want to buy into is up to you. You can buy into the version where, Dan, there's coke in the White House, or you can buy into the version where it's just so fucking easy to leave coke at the White House. I don't care. None of those versions are very good. And you can go through your rationalization process, and if you're lucky, your brain, using its own ability to generate bullshit and drugs, will send you back to you're a winner. 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 Let me give you some more tips before I continue because of some of the crap that I've seen in the news. And as amateur Sovietologists and critics of military psychological warfare, I just want to reiterate a few points. I saw a video of people standing in a line, ostensibly in the Ukraine, and the headline tag for the video was panic. I'm going to say something, brothers and sisters. Panic is not a long line at the grocery store. It's not a bunch of calm people waiting to buy food. It's not even Black Friday. Anarchy is not choreographed street dancing. It really isn't. If you see rubber cones, if you see rubber cones, if you see the hokey pokey with people dressed in black and other cops like Seattle cops dancing with them with rubber cones, that's not anarchy. That's choreographed street dancing. Decimation is not total destruction. If you don't understand that, that word doesn't mean total destruction. It comes from the Latin. It comes from Roman times. It comes from a form of punishment, a punishment that a legion might face. Decimation is a 10% loss. 
So if somebody says, oh my God, Dan, the world will be decimated, what they really should understand is, is what, what they're really saying is, the world will be lessened. The world will be reduced by 10%. So use that word correctly, motherfucker. And finally, I need to push this because this is going to help you. This will help you understand when it's real. If you see razor wire, if you see anchored triple strand concertina wire, razor wire, then it might be real. If you see rubber cones, like Ian Miles Wrong and Andy No Clue, it's probably fake as fuck, like the stuff I videotaped in Chaz Chopia in Seattle in 2020. It's bullshit. It's a government op. Next topic. Damn, they found cocaine. Yeah, they did. They did. They found cocaine in the White House. Holy shit. I think if you didn't, I think if an anthropologist or historian or archaeologist of the recent past did a study of the White House and they used their advanced forensic techniques, I think they'd find a lot of fucking drugs, you know, left over in various places. With modern technology, no amount of cleaning is going to remove those particles. I think they'd find tons of drug drugs. I think they'd find tons of blood. I think they'd find viscera. I think they'd find the DNA of kids that have been killed. If you actually look deeper into the White House, get over the cocaine, shithead. <sighs> Bribery. I'm going to make this one quick because I've talked about it before too many times. Once the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, the powers that be had all the tools they needed to get all the money they wanted. Criminals need to launder money, but the government with fiat currency can simply print it. And so when I hear about bribery, oh my God, Dan, the Ukraine is about bribery. The Ukraine is about money laundering. The Ukraine, no, no. Whatever the fuck the Ukraine is, it isn't some Rube Goldberg device for stealing money. They've been able to do that for more than a hundred fucking years, my friends. Like the cocaine story, I don't think you're understanding what the fuck's going on. But I don't care. It's your time to waste. Go mine some crypto, right? Want to find the truth? Start with the forbidden words. Yeah. Want to know the truth? You start with the forbidden words. And this is another Soviet a, a Sovietology thing. And again, if you don't know what Sovietology is, back in the 70s, the CIA paid people. Russian experts to read Pravda, to read Izvestia, to read various journals coming out of the Soviet Union, and to know how to read between the lines. Because if you read that shit superficially, and when I was in graduate school I did too, if you read that shit superficially, you're not going to pick up on the fucking truth. So as a Sovietologist, you should be aware of forbidden words, concepts that are forbidden. For example, with all the global warming bullshit, you know what word very, very rarely shows up in the popular media? Permafrost. It'll show up as an, as an outcome or a symptom, 
But people won't ever really talk about it too much and they will never talk about it as a potential source. That's kind of funny. And if they do talk about boiling lakes in Canada and Alaska, they'll say it's a marginal issue. It's so very tiny. The giant pingos, the boiling seas. Hey Dan, good news, there's a Ukraine war. So 60% of that shit's off limits, motherfucker. Another term of art that is a real term. Because when I was at basic training like 30 fucking years ago, this was a real thing back then. And please go ahead and email me and gaslight me. I don't give a fuck. People been mocking the term wet bulb. Wet bulb is a real thing. If you think they recently invented the wet bulb, they didn't. Wet bulb refers to a combo plate of humidity and temperature. You see, <laughs> your body deals with heat in different ways, but one of the ways it deals with it is by sweating. And the sweating creates evaporation. And the water coming off your body takes away heat. It's a heat exchange process. But if the atmosphere is flooded with moisture, there's no heat exchange. So if you have a combo plate of high humidity and high temperature, people die. It's not complicated. This has been a thing forever, going back to forever. If you suddenly are shocked by the fact that high humidity and high temperature can kill you, like I said, motherfucker, this is your time. Go mine the Bitcoin. Go out and go for a fucking walk in 100 degree weather with 40% humidity. Why don't you go for a long ass walk and see what the fuck happens? I don't care. I don't. Another term of art that's been flushed down the toilet and really flushed down the toilet and I think is a critical term of art, a critical concept, is punctuated equilibrium. It's no longer considered a recognized concept. It's not talked about by serious people. Yeah, punctuated equilibrium. I will leave you to research it and then to understand that everything seems stable until it's not. And that as much as you might think things are gradual, that is the myth of equilibrium. That is the facade. That's the mirage. When you're in a state of equilibrium, everything looks linear. When you're in a state of equilibrium, everything looks gradual. And, and that's good because that's what an equilibrium is, shithead. But when you go from one equilibrium state to another, I don't know how to say this, it is rarely gradual, rarely linear, and often ends up killing a bunch of things. Like prior to humans showing up, if there was a transition between two equilibrium states on planet Earth, a whole shitload of creatures just go away. Now what causes that punctuated equilibrium could be a number of things. Could be a virus, right, if you believe them. Could be some other type of microbe. Could be an earthquake, could be a caldera, could be an asteroid. There's a lot of things that can create punctuated equilibrium. A lot of things. The clathrate gun, you know, could create um, a moment of punctuated equilibrium. The paleo, the pale, the what was the paleo Eocene thermal maximum, the Petum event? I think it happened like 50 million years ago. This was a rapid warming event. This wasn't a gradual warming event. It was fucking rapid. It was so rapid, it killed off a lot of creatures that could not handle it. They could not change fast enough. That was punctuated equilibrium. When the last ice age hit, the last big ice age, there were woolly mammoths walking about all over Siberia, baby, 12, 15, 20,000 years ago. 
That event hit so hard that there were woolly mammoths that were almost flash frozen and buried in snow and ice. Buried so quickly, frozen so quickly, that Russian scientists 100 years ago could eat mammoth steak that was 12,000 years old. That's punctuated equilibrium. That's how fucking fast that happens. So when you're in an equilibrium state, you might think everything's linear. And when you're in an equilibrium state, you might think everything's gradual. That is a mirage. That's an illusion. I, I know that that's the illusion they want to push right now. Damn, Rome took 80 billion... Shithead. Rome didn't fall until 1453, but the Western Roman Empire crashed in the 5th century. And it crashed hard. In the 2nd century AD, I think there were, what, three or four Roman emperors? In the 3rd century AD, there were like 30 emperors. That's not linear, shithead. That's not gradual. So if you're going to use the Roman example, do some fucking study. But the Roman example is not a good comparison. We're more like the Mongol Empire. Something that rose fast and falls fast and falls hard. That's the comparison, motherfucker. And they're not going to warn you. It's not going to be gradual. It's not going to be linear. And when it hits, it'll be like being punched in the fucking face. Next topic. Next topic. I got to get through all these topics, brothers and sisters. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. When the state sanctions the abuse of children, this is when you know the end is near. When the state says it's okay to harm kids, you're pretty much at the end. When the state says you can treat your children like property, like garbage, like you just flush them down the toilet, it's over. And even if you're an atheist, you should get it. You should understand this. Because the future of the human race is in the kids. I know that that may seem really fucking complicated to the college-educated folks of NYU who don't really know what gender is at this point. But yeah, when you treat your kids like garbage, it's over. That isn't the beginning. That isn't the Germany 1933. That's April 1945. That's Berlin. It's over. Next topic. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Living with depression is winning with depression. Now, what does that mean? Well, full disclosure, I suffer from what's called acute episodic depression. It doesn't hit me all the time. And frankly, in the last 10 years, it's been kind of a lingering background radiation of ennui. But when it does hit, it hits hard. It hits really hard. My first major depressive episode happened when I was 20. And the next one after that, I was 29. It was just after I got out of the army. And then after that, I went for a number of years without a major episode. And then a lot of things went wrong when I was 39. A business relationship imploded. A year later, my mom died. A couple of years after that, my sister died. And in all that maelstrom, there was other stuff too. And then after my sister died, you know, my wife dumped me, and rightly so. Hope she's okay. But she did dump me. Technically, if you don't hire a lawyer in a divorce, that's a definition that you were the one that was dumped. Depression isn't funny. 
depression is also not cancer. Okay, some people have depression so bad you could make the comparison. That's not me. Okay, do I sometimes have really dark thoughts? I mean, do you listen to my podcast, motherfucker? Do I sometimes get into pretty bad places? Sure. But it's manageable. And, and the key point is, if you can work your way through it, you're winning. Okay, when people say, you got to be happy all the time, those are the people, brothers and sisters, who are on their own special drugs operating in their own fucking heads, as we've talked about. They think they're winners. Leave them to the cannibal hordes. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to be happy all the fucking time. You don't have to be sad because you're sad. You don't have to be ashamed because you're not always jumping up and down like a fucking cheerleader. There are no easy solutions to depression. There aren't any magical pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your doctor will prescribe a magical pill. Here's some advice. Be fucking careful. A lot of antidepressants aren't necessarily what you think they are. Okay, I have my own way of dealing with it, and it doesn't involve anything the doctor would prescribe. You do you, but be fucking careful when it comes to big pharma. Doctors don't know everything, you know? A person I once knew that suffered from depression made the comparison of using antidepressants to kicking a washing machine until it, until it works. And that's an apt comparison. The doctors don't necessarily understand much more than how the antidepressants affect neurotransmitter channels. But once you get past neurotransmitter channels, they don't know much. So don't pretend your doctor knows that much. Your doctor knows the pamphlet. Your doctor knows what the big pharma company told them to fucking say. That's what your doctor knows. If you suffer from depression, any day you choose not to harm yourself or others is winning. Actual winning. Any day when you can find fragments of joy and happiness, because yeah, I suffered from depression. Does that mean I'm always sad? No, shithead. Most of the people I've met that suffer from depression, they feel happiness. They feel joy. It's just not like you all the fucking time with your little movie in your head with all your drugs that your brain makes that their brains don't. It's not like that. But for somebody that suffers from depression, having a good day, having a good week, having those moments of joy and happiness is worth a hundred days where it's, it's kind of horrible. And so if you, if you right now are suffering from depression, understand there will be light that shines through. It will happen. I promise you this. Yes, it's hard right now. And yes, you might be thinking about things that are pretty ugly. But if you choose not to harm yourself, you're winning. If you choose not to harm others, you're winning. If you can wait and hang on for another fucking day, another week, another year, and you can have that moment of joy, and by the way, you will savor it in a you will savor it in a fashion that most of your normie fucking friends will never goddamn understand. If you can hang on until that day you find that joy like gold, like real value buried someplace, that's winning. That's winning with depression. Like I said, Dr. Freckles. Living with depression, for the most part, especially, I would add, if you're not harming others, living with depression is winning with depression. Dr. Freckles.
And the last topic is going to seem a little bit out of left field, but if you understand the general theme of today's podcast, maybe it won't. This is a reading from the Bible, so if you're an atheist or a Buddhist or a Muslim and you hate the Bible or hate me, you can just stop right now and you don't have to donate. I mean, if you hate God, (laughs) I'm not sure I want your money. But for those of you who even are atheists but are willing to have an open mind, this is a reading from the Bible. This is Isaiah 24. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for priest as people, for the master as the servant, for the mistress as for her servant, for seller as for buyer, for borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. The earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and withers. The heavens languish with the earth. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed laws and violated the statutes and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear their guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up and very few are left. The new wine dries up and the vine withers. All the merrymakers groan. The joyful timbrels are stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. No longer do they drink wine with a song. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. (laughs) Man, do I identify with that. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred. In the streets they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. All joyful sounds are banished from the earth. The city is left in ruins. Its gate is battered to pieces. So will it be on the earth and among the nations, as when an olive tree is beaten, or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest. They raise their voices, they shout for joy. From the west they acclaim Lord's majesty. Therefore in the east give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear singing, glory to the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away. Woe to me, the treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. Terror and pit and snare await you, people of the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of the pit will be caught in a snare. The floodgates of the heavens are opened. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. The earth is split asunder. The earth is violently shaken. The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls, never to rise again. In that day, the Lord will punish. 
The powers in the heavens above and the kings on the earth below the Lord will punish. They will be herded together like prisoners bound in a dungeon. They will be shut up in prison and be punished after many days. The moon will be dismayed, the sun ashamed, for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before its elders with great glory. This is the word of the Lord. There are many passages, brothers and sisters, in the Old Testament where someone might say, well, damn, this refers to the sacking of Jerusalem by the Babylonian, the Assyrian king. Yeah, this refers to the fall of Jerusalem when it was destroyed by the Romans. Okay, this, yeah, it doesn't. Isaiah 24 is absolutely and explicitly unfulfilled prophecy. Okay, you understand what I mean? This is prophecy that hasn't happened yet. But look at this, this wording here about people being herded together and bound up in a dungeon, being punished after many days. Does that remind you of a year, a couple years ago? You know, we've got to flatten the curve, Dan. And what about that treacherous people thing? I, I like that phrase, the, the treacherous, treacherous phrase. I want to find it again here. Give me a second. Oh, let's do this, Dan. Let's do the control F, as in control F, Dan. Here we go. This is Isaiah 24, um, verse 16. And I'm just going to read a part of it. The treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. I believe this refers to the line to the psyops. I think this refers to all that dishonesty. I think this is what you would call a sign of the times, motherfucker. Really. I think you'd call this a, a, a signal. I think you'd call this an alarm going off. Am I pulling the trigger and saying we're on the edge of the end times? No. I'm still 50-50 like I was a year ago. But if you understand probability theory, being 50% certain about something that could represent one of the biggest historical events in all time is still pretty fucking bad if you're flipping a coin. The treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. Meditate on that. Meditate on Anthony Fauci and Donald Trump and Biden and Obama and all these creeps. Meditate on this fink guy. The Fink guy from BlackRock. If you're out there with your crypto, understand Isaiah 24, 16. The treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. That is what we've been going through since late 2019. In late 2019, the American banking system, and arguably the worldwide banking system, was tipping over. In late 2019... Jerome Powell created something called push-button quantitative easing. By expanding the window on short-term lending, by expanding it to a ridiculous size in terms of time, he created push-button QE. People that understood what was going on in the banking system in late 2019 would have told you that barring some event, 2020 was going to be about another great financial crisis. And, and that's the best case scenario. But instead, we got global austerity. 
in the form of monkey herpes. We got the drag queen Putin Ukraine story time. We got the race war. We got a lot of treachery. We got a lot of treacherous people being treacherous. You think you're winning? Do you? Man, woman, person, do you think you're winning? If you think you're winning in this sideways kaleidoscope society, if you think you're winning in this Potemkin Republic, if you think you're winning in this Schrodinger's economy, you're fucking losing and you just don't know it yet. But I think you will soon. If you like this podcast, and I don't know why you do, because if I just beat up on your favorite Furby, you're probably not listening. Um, If you like this podcast, you can donate, but please listen to the disclaimer statement. Number one, I could very well be in the streets in two months, and I'm not sure how much podcasting I'm going to be doing from the streets. Okay, sorry. This isn't a movie. This isn't into the wild. I'm not going to be marching up to Alaska to live in an abandoned bus and then randomly eat some poisonous onion. This is reality. And 50-year-old men who end up in the streets, you know, it probably is only a few more years after that that they're gone. And by the way, if that's where I end up, you know whose fault it is? Mine. Not yours, not God's. Mine. If I end up in the streets, it was choices I made, and I made those choices proudly. I made the choice a couple years ago to trust strangers because they offered me a place to sojourn, and God bless them. I made that choice. And the situation changed. And it was no fault of anyone. It's just life these days, especially for people that don't have much. It's life. And if... I end up in the streets, it will be my life and my choice. But understand, I don't know what kind of fucking podcasting I'm doing in the streets. And if the big it shows up and it involves some type of nuclear event, (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to be podcasting much after that. If there is still an internet, it'll be the most regulated internet you can imagine. You probably won't even have access to it. If there is internet after that World War III nuke event, well, then it means the Antichrist is showing up. And and he'll say, oh, for the good of the people, for the good of all people, we have to shut that down. So just full disclosure, disclaimer, this podcast might not last much longer for any number of reasons. And so if you donate expecting years and years of podcasting, I'm being honest, I just don't know. It would take the Lord's help at this point to avoid what's going to happen to me. It would take the Lord's help at this point to avoid what's in Isaiah 24. And I'm pretty certain Isaiah 24 is not just prophecy, but it's what the Lord is saying, that you guys are shitheads. And if you act like shitheads, you're going to burn. I just simplified all of Isaiah 24. If you disobey the law... If you're a shithead, if you treat your neighbors like crap, if you think that house flipping is more important than a family dying in the streets, you should read Isaiah 24 and understand it's about you. Me, I'll be in the streets, motherfucker. I'll already be at ground state. I've been close to ground state for a long fucking time. You're the one flying at 100,000 feet, shithead. So anyways... 
If you want to donate, you can, but understand, I don't know how much long this podcast is going to last. Before you donate, take care of your food, your water, your shelter. Okay? You put your oxygen mask on first before you put on the mask on someone else. Isn't that what they say in the airline? Before you donate to me, there are probably people in your life that can use help. Brothers, sisters, friends, family. Help them first. Don't help some random burnout that you listen to. You might enjoy my show. God bless. But before you help me, help somebody in your own life. And if you have money left over after that, understand. Yeah, life is crazy. And shit could get crazier. Isaiah 24. But it's not the end of the world. And there still is a loving God in heaven. And there still is joy and happiness you can find on this planet. So before you donate to me, please spend some time and resources and money on yourself. You know, Jim Caviezel, um, and you may not know him, he's an actor, has a movie coming out. I think it's called The Sound of Freedom. It came out, I think, a couple days ago. Why don't you go see that movie? I can't see it for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is I don't have a car, so I can't drive to see it. But why don't you go see it? Go see a movie. Go see Jim's movie. Go see a movie that isn't Jim's movie. Go read a book. If there are things you've been putting off for the last few years until things get easy enough to do them, and you can do them right now, go do them. If there are people you haven't spoken to in a long time, send an email. Send a letter. Hell, pick up the phone, as they used to say. So before you send me any money, Take time to take care of yourself. If you've set aside food for yourself and your family, like six months worth, which I don't think is a bad idea, frankly, more than six months worth in a queuing system where you use up the oldest food first is probably not going to make a big difference. The reason why I say that is because if you need it, because of the situation, more than six months worth of food, then there aren't basements big enough. There really aren't. Yeah, 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 you could stockpile it, you know, 20 years worth of food. If you've got the resources, go ahead and do it. But for most normal people who aren't like that, if you have a few months' food set aside for you and your family, make sure you're setting aside food for your pet. If you have a dog, a cat, a parrot, my heart's out for dogs. But make sure you set aside food. As far as dogs go, they're going to be invaluable to people who understand dogs in the very near future. They're going to be more than just members of your family. They're going to be sentinels. They're going to be your alarm system. They're going to be the ones that protect you. So protect them. If you got food for your family, set aside food for them. And if you've done all that, and you've taken care of rent, and you've got all your house flipping chores taken taken care of, if you've mined all your Bitcoin, and you're a Bitcoin baron, and you do like my podcast, even though I beat up on your Furby, go ahead. There's a PayPal link. If you send me money through the mail, my mail gets opened, okay? There's no way for you to send me anything. And by the way, I'll be out of here in a few weeks, so sending me mail ain't gonna work. And I don't do crypto. For a lot of different reasons. If you do crypto, prove to me, oh my god, Dan, prove to me how really cool it is, convert it to the trashy fiat, and use PayPal. For right now, PayPal's working. 
It will work until it doesn't. I have no idea why I haven't been canceled yet. Maybe it's because every other force at work keeps me below radar, so <laughs> there ain't many people sending me money. I have a few people who are very generous, but for the most part, it's a limited set. If you want to donate, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, one way a person can help is simply to take links to my podcast and forward them to people you know. Oh my God, Dan, I can't do that. I'd be ashamed. Then don't send me any money at all. Can I use the money? Shit, yeah. Who, who fucking can't? Who can't? For all the money they printed, and this is what I think is very funny. People talk about the money printing. But, but from what I can tell, most of the people I know don't have a lot of cash. So for all this money printing, people, ordinary people, they're not really getting access to it. Well, what about the PPP loans? Yeah, I don't know anybody that got those. I know some churches that did and bought some Mercedes-Benzes and whatnot, but ordinary people, I don't know anybody that got that money. I think a lot of us got our $1,000 check during the monkey herpes to buy ourselves some liquor and some trank and some crocodile so we could go down the hole, so that we could fall into the pit, so that we could listen to the treacherous people being treacherous. But that's about it. So donate if you want to. If you're a super rich Texas millionaire, hell, or billionaire, give me some of your cash. I'll take it, and I'll keep podcasting. I'll get myself a cabin or a room someplace. I'll live in the swamps. I'll keep podcasting. But if you don't have money, that's okay. That's why these things are free. It's Thursday. Thursday, July the 6th, 2023, Bo Blimp it's 6 a.m. Have a great Thursday. Have a great Friday tomorrow. Have a great life. Find joy, find happiness. Find it, if you can. Don't give up on the world. Yeah, there are some fucking dark clouds out there. That rant at the beginning about a man, you could substitute woman. You could substitute any gender. You could substitute person. Be a person that can face the thunder. The Lord made you that way. Be a person that can see through the lies. The Lord made you that way. Be a person that can be kind and wise and good and loving. The Lord in heaven made you that way. Be a person that has the courage to forgive and the courage to find peace and the courage to not give up. The Lord made you that way. Have a great rest of your morning.